Welcome to the Youthscape podcast, the podcast for Christians who work with young people. Welcome to another edition of the Youthscape Podcast. I'm Martin Saunders. With me as always, Rachel Garner. This is the Youth Ministry Podcast uh, for anybody who loves God, loves young people. Uh, So you could be a volunteer, you could be a full-time youth worker, you could be somewhere in the middle, or you could just be somebody interested who sort of heard about this thing somewhere and thought, oh, I'll listen to that and this is the result. And please don't turn off. Wait, come back. I promise it gets better than this intro. Um, as I said, Rachel Gardner's with me. How are you, Rachel? I am doing very good. I've resorted to writing on my hand little notes of things to try and remember. Isn't that bizarre? In this tech age where I have so many ways to remind myself, I've just sat here and written on my hand. Do you do that? Isn't that, I've heard, and this might be like a thing mums say to their kids, but I've heard like your... Um, you're not supposed to write in your hand because the ink seeps through and poisons I, you. Well, I think that's an urban myth. I'm not even an urban myth, just like a parental What myth. my mum said? Yeah, a long time ago. Yeah, okay. Also, don't pick your nose when the wind blows or something. Cause don't your pick face, your nose when the wind I blows. I don't know, your face will stay like that. No, it's not anyway. that. It's don't, it's don't um, go, if you cross your eyes, oh, I see. the wind will change. Oh, I see. It's not don't poke your nose. <laughs> Why would that make a difference? I have no idea. But I'm delighted to be hosting this incredibly highbrow yes. podcast with you about youth ministry. We've been do- we have been doing this for a while and we've been in youth ministry oh, for a while in gosh. lots of different evolutions. And I, I have to say, the older I get, the more I get excited about youth ministry. I love it. And at the moment, I don't know about you, Martin, this new term has started. Mm. I had that little excitement shiver down my spine of... Young people are rapidly changing and the, the group I'm working with are evolving and developing and growing. Also, yep. youth culture is changing. And I have that kind of heady mix of slightly knowing what I'm doing, but also most of the time thinking, no idea this new territory is exciting. What is that thing? Why is it so exciting? Because, I, I, you know, we've just come out of a, a great weekend of youth work at my church uh, and, and it's September and all the young people are back. So you get to sort of June, July and obviously there's exams, there's people who are just a bit tired, and so numbers go right down. And then in September, they, they all come back. So, I mean, you've got a new year intake from year seven coming in, uh, all bright, wide-eyed, you know. Um, and but, but there's just this energy to, for coming to youth group, which exists in September. I thought, coming, coming off the back of a very busy summer, I would be not thinking happy thoughts about restarting youth ministry but actually it's been amazing i'm i'm, I'm loving it. i'm thriving mm. what's that about I, th- I think it's the autumn thing isn't it i don't i think we i think every project you run for any age group there's something about that sweet spot in the autumn oh. maybe we crave community because <sighs> it's getting darker earlier no, i've just realized what it is what is it's it because eggnog lattes are nearly <gasps> here we should ban you from talking about eggnog until at least the first of it's december because the eggnog is coming back Actually, as I drove down to Lute today, we are recording this in September, early September. Okay, it's not that close. Christmas chocolates were on the shelf no. in WHC. No, definitely Other not. places you can Stop. buy chocolate from. Shocking! That's too, Shocking too early. The Easter eggs next. We've got lots to do before Christmas, haven't we? I don't know why we... This is a, a wide-ranging opening exchange. <laughs> can I just go one one yes. more weird place, yes, okay, which can. is um, we often talk about not objectifying yeah. each other's clothing yeah, yeah, yeah. but what what is going on with your trousers so you basically you've holes. got so i see i see that you can might have ripped jeans <laughs> but like, you've just got like they're like craters there's more there's, hole than jean 
that makes it sound like I'm not really wearing anything. They, no, no. It's they just, are jeans and it's got very big holes. They're the not knees. inappropriate. No. But the knee <laughs> thing is like the almost. Knee to leg ratio. It's like, it's like ankle to thigh, <laughs> the, knee, the knee hole. <laughs> Is that, are we allowed to say that? The knee hole. Out of context. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's going to stay in. I love it. I just, I love wearing clothes that are slightly unhinged and people don't quite know what's what's going with this. So I'm, I'm wearing some crazy heels and I've got like a silky shirt and I've got some crazy jeans. So I like mixing Whereas up I a little bit. I always wear the same clothes. You do. And there is a you reason do. for that. It's, it's continuity. A, it's a, a Steve Jobs thing. It's like thing. the monarchy. It's a Steve Jobs thing. That's beautiful. It's, it's the idea that it's one fewer decision to make. But I like making these decisions. That's but the difference. You're using up all this brain power. <laughs> I like doing that what have you got left after you've been through your wardrobe in the morning not a lot i like doing that so we like to speak about youth ministry but we are old friends so we do yik yak on about all kinds of stuff <laughs> which yak. we absolutely love and this summer i have to I have to take us back to this summer because it was really fun um we, you and i meet a lot and we talk about the podcast and we've done lots of stuff here at youthscape but very rarely do we meet with with our young people in tone yeah. it's really nice to be at satellites in a space yeah. where you were there with teenagers that you disciple i was there with teenagers that i disciple it was really fun and we got them to connect. fight each other and we got them to fight and the northerners won. no we didn't do that at all although um what i loved about um uh being at satellites was that you very kindly camped people together so we actually made lovely friends with with youth groups in our neck of the wood that yeah, we that didn't know it was, yeah, that was so good it was so good yeah, it was great in the summer and it's i you know really i think fun. there's lots of lovely things to reflect little on knock-ons yeah yeah and we, I have not told you actually, we did a little satellites reunion barbecue. Yeah. Um, and where we work, where we are, give people like 10 minutes warning about a barbecue is enough time. Yeah. They all rocked up. But interestingly, we didn't bring very many young people to satellites. It was our first attempt really at bringing our young people anywhere. Um, but we had 31 come to the satellites barbecue because quite a few of them wanted to bring their grandma or their stepmom or their little sibling. Oh, wow. And it was really lovely because they wanted to share like this amazing, experience they'd had and lots of them are from families that don't go on holiday they didn't go anywhere so their kid coming satellites was like a bit of a highlight thing really so we had such a good time reminiscing so we're going to build on that can i say two things about satellites before we move on uh one is that before you run an event for the first time there's a sense in which you don't quite know what it is in that it sort of emerges certainly in terms of the culture of the event you sort of have an idea, and we'd been planning it for a long time, but you don't really know what the culture is, what the feel of the event is, until you actually run it. And what we discovered was that, that Satellites is really, it's not an event for young people, it's an event for youth groups. It's an opportunity for you to take your young people away together, but then stay as that group and actually have these amazing experiences, even experiences of coming to faith, receiving the Holy Spirit, all of that stuff but still still within your youth group. And, and we kind of did that very intentionally, but also it was clearly the thing that God was ushering mm, us towards. Definitely. And so we sort of found ourselves caught up in the flow of that. Um, and so I'm really excited just about having a youth group that went to satellites because I think they're really, there's some exciting stuff going on within the group and they believe the stuff that happened at satellites can happen back at church. Yeah, come on. Which is so yes. amazing. Yes. The other thing I wanted to say about satellites was do you know the exciting news is now official, right? What is it? Year two is confirmed. It wasn't, even when I announced it. Uh, yes! <laughs> and it is happening. It's happening from the 4th to the 8th of August 
at Shepton Mallet. Oh my goodness. This feels like throwback, but like a, it's like when Kate Bush, when everyone got super excited yes. about running up that hill. Yes. I'm like, I remember it first time round, guys. Pipe down. Yeah. But there'll be a new love for Shepton Mallet. It's like when Doctor Who came back. Yes. And everyone was like, was there even there, an old Doctor Who? I don't remember. No, there's nowhere there quite was, like Shepton Mallet. It was really Mallet. good. It ran for about 27 years, funnily enough. But now there's a new Doctor Who. And for, any, and for anyone that doesn't understand that, no, there has been a that. youth festival in Shepton Mallet yes. for many, 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 many years yes. and hasn't run for about five years. Soul Survivor. Soul Survivor. And so us kind of doing it there, it's di- satellites is different, but yes. for those that have been around the youth work community for a while, it will feel like a pilgrimage to an old sacred space. It's really exciting. Slightly skanky. I think it's been it's really improved. Slightly skanky, I think, I Rachel. Think You're supposed to be selling improved. it. I think it has improved. I have to say the Bath and West Showground is lovely. Yes. Before we lose our booking. They've been very nice. Thank you. They've been very, very nice. But there is a particular laundrette in the middle of Shepton Mallet where I think we have clogged up for many years all <laughs> the pipes and water because like everybody like washes all the clothes in Shepton Mallet laundrette. So it's yeah. a good place. Well, to get back to the point. Anyway, yes, exactly. If you go to the website, you can find out more. Tickets go on sale soon. Oh, uh, Wearesatellites.com. And you can find, you can see also there's the cool video, the highlights video from last year. If you want to know what on earth we're talking about, we'd love to see you next summer. I'm so excited already. We at St. Luke's Blackburn, this is going to show where I head to. Which is miles away from Shepton Mallet. Which is miles away from Shepton Mallet. So people, if we're going to bring our young people, it'll take about 13 hours. We're going to do it. So you guys (laughs) do it too. Um, But we have not necessarily given the young people the dates yet. We will do that soon. We have booked the coach because we were like it was so stressful the very first thing we've done so we've actually got a we, before we have young people do you people, want to fess up do you want to tell us what happened well basically, we, i mean because i love this about you rachel <laughs> people don't realize this is who you are but what so you were there as main stage speaker on the yeah. first and the last night you also spoke in various other places you were on the team and you had kids with you yeah I had and two you kids had and not, and no young other help people. and young people and because of a bit of an, an issue with a coach company um they were going to charge us so much money and i was like no this is ridiculous we can use this money to like buy coffee on site something more worthy than paying for this ridiculous coach so we found the lovely church that let us use for very very cheap they're their coach, which has a very good engine, but the structure of the actual coach left a lot to be desired. I mean, I almost can't go into detail because I think I might get into trouble if I told you how terrible this coach is. Um, But it meant that I drove it down with our young people and all the tents and everything in this. It's like an American school bus, actually. It's that kind of vehicle. It's that, think American school bus. Um, And it had an alarm, a door alarm that didn't go off. So for the whole you mean you mean journey, it only did go off? Oh, sorry, it went off. It, yeah, we couldn't switch it off. So our amazing teenagers arrived, feeling really anxious about having left. You know, they never go on holiday. They never leave Blackburn. They're feeling really anxious. They have this ridiculous alarm in their heads the whole way down, and then they arrive on site. And of course, because I love being there, I'm like tooting the horn, waving at everybody as we're arriving, and our young people are like, "Stop it!" Just so embarrassing. So bless their hearts. Then I had to drive it back because the church needed it so I had to sleep I preached I got in the coach I drove it back I slept in the lay bar <laughs> delivered it turned around picked up my car drove back 
and then preached again. So, but you, but the thing is, I wasn't the only person doing that kind of stuff. We no, do you that. really were the only we person doing that people, kind of stuff. We? I didn't tell you that I actually desperately wanted to get off site, but I had no vehicle. So I had my kids in this school bus late at night driving around and we went down this little private, and I didn't even realize it was like a private drive. I had to reverse oh, no. this ridiculous, with my two little kids. Oh, no. In the end, it was late at night. I got out and I was like, any adults, any adults, these lovely people helped me reverse this. They were like shouting like, left a bit, right a bit. What is your life? I don't know. What, I thought you were saying, what is your Madness. problem? Thank you for saying, what is your life? That's a much nicer way of putting oh. it. But, the, but these stories, but our young people, they, 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 they love, love that. It, they, they love those they stories. Love so they just uh, tell you those stories. Right, that's it. We're, that, we're drawing <laughs> we're a line. Done. We're, we're drawing done. a line under talking about satellites this season. But please come because please come. it won't be the same without you. It was so you. fun. And it was really good. Um, so we're going to meet today's guest. Oh, so yes. this is an interview She's I did brilliant. with uh, my wonderful friend, Megan DeWald. She is, uh, heads up the Institute for Youth Ministry. She's new in that post, the Institute of Youth Ministry at Princeton Theological Seminary. You might know that Youthscape have enjoyed a great relationship with them over the years. She's going to be one of the speakers at the National Youth Ministry Weekend this November. Here's what happened when I chatted with her. In this season of the Youthscape podcast, we're meeting some of the speakers at the National Youth Ministry Weekend. It's happening in Birmingham on the weekend of the 18th to the 20th of November. And we're going to be spilling the beans on the programme and introducing you to this year's brilliant theme, Stronger. If you've been to the National Youth Ministry Weekend before, you'll know just how brilliant it is for everyone working with young people in the church, whether you're a volunteer or working for a church or organization. But it's not just the free resources and the brilliant advice you get from talks and discussions that makes it so fantastic. It's the boost you get from spending a whole weekend with people who are just like you, who care about young people and want to see them grow in their faith. It literally sets you up for the year ahead. So this November, we're looking at how we can help young people that we serve develop the kind of faith that will last a lifetime. Plus, we've got a particular focus on how we can help them engage more deeply and meaningfully with the Bible, which is a real challenge for a lot of us. So we're going to dig down and get some inspiration and answers about how we can make that happen. So if you want to join a thousand others this November, you need to grab your tickets quickly. They are selling out fast. So to get your tickets, go to youthscape.co.uk forward slash NYMW, where you can get your tickets, you can read about the event, and you can get excited with us ahead of this November's event. That address again is youthscape.co.uk forward slash NYMW. We'll see, see you there. there. So, Megan, uh, thrilled to have you on the podcast. Welcome. Thank you. I'm truly thrilled to be here. Big fan and listener of the Youthscape podcast oh, for a long time. You don't need to say that, but I'm glad you did. It's true. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'll, I'll take it. Uh, so uh, I think we should start by explaining and talking about the first time we ever met, because we are, I know this is almost a banned phrase, but we are friends in real life. We are. But yep. I, IRL. I would say that that's not how things started. Do you remember? <laughs> do you remember our first ever meeting? Do I remember? Listen, I went back into my calendar and I w wanted to find and pinpoint the date of the beginning of our of our friendship <laughs> that could have gone another way. Yeah. So the evening was um, the 15th of November, 2016. And it was just exactly one week after the U.S. presidential election um, in 2016. 
And I think it's fair to say that I was still processing. What, what I learned, <laughs> what, what I learned at, at, uh, spending a, a week in Princeton uh, with you and, and the gang was you were not ready to joke about it yet. Um, I was not yet ready. So that's the difference, I think, between <laughs> British response to awful trauma like that and uh, right. animations. We immediately start to make jokes, whereas you were not. Well, you, you have ready. you have centuries of practice yeah. with um, you know keeping calm and carrying on, yeah. uh, despite all of the things. And uh, you know we're still just like a wee lad of a country comparatively yeah <laughs> and so i was still processing and um there was a moment we were at uh, kenda creasy dean's house for a dinner together and we were being introduced to one another yes. and what came out of my mouth <laughs> completely sincerely um was i am so glad that you guys are here perhaps we could have a conversation about what it's like to live in an empire as it's crumbling yeah 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 that was that's how i remember it too and everyone else's uh face just went completely white and i think yeah. kenda immediately said so who would like some wine <laughs> yeah 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 but but it was it was a sincere question on my part yeah. you were just, i was looking to you for help you were just curious so we know each other because of a close relationship between Youthscape and Princeton Theological Seminary and the right. uh, particularly the Institute for Youth Ministry. So we've been kind of uh, hanging out as organizations for, for uh, many years now. And uh, just paint a little picture um, uh, for us of the, the Institute for Youth Ministry itself and, um, and then also the event that, um, that you guys run. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, so... The Institute for Youth Ministry has been around since uh, 1995. It was um, the brainchild of a then PhD student, Kenda Creasy Dean, um, in collaboration with a lot of other people, um, most especially with who, the person who was her PhD advisor, um, Richard Osmer. And uh, their core conviction in starting out the Institute for Youth Ministry was that youth ministry and theology belong together. They belong to one another. Um, this conviction really was bolstered by this understanding that God reveals who God is in and through young people, just as in and through not so young people. So therefore the church, the universal church is only the church when the voices and perspectives and experiences of young people are central. Mm -hmm. And that really became the soil out of which lots of, you know, 20 plus 25 plus years, I can't do math, 27 years now, um, of the IYM's programs and events uh, and, and offerings really were about bridging the, the theological academy and the practice of youth ministry. Uh, another way that I've said it in the past um, is, that the IYM was founded on the core conviction that youth ministry needed to come out of both the literal and um, theological basement. We needed to understand um, the seriousness with which we engage, which is anyone listening to this podcast, anyone who actually works with young people, it's such a clear, obvious statement. Um, but we wanted to create the kind of, of soil where that was very intentional and central. And um, that's what we've been doing for the past 27 years. You, um, I just very briefly want to touch on this. You run a brilliant event, um, which, you know, 
I, I love contrasting and comparing it with the National Youth Ministry Weekend, mm -hmm. um, which is obviously our event, which is coming up. Um, but your event is incredibly different. Do you just want to tell us a little bit about the forum? Sure. Yes. So the forum um, really, you know, the word forum means something like a, a place where ideas and views on some particular topic are exchanged where there can be debate, speech, learning that takes place. And so this was um, the kind of the founding idea of what would it look like if we are trying to bridge the, uh, the theological academy and the practice of youth ministry, we ought to have something like a forum where we can exchange our ideas with one another, where those who are engaged in the everyday practice of youth ministry can also be in conversation with those who are in, engaged in the everyday practice of theological reflection at the academic level. So the forum um, has been around for, for a number of years. Even at one point, there were two a year. One was happening on the grounds of Princeton Seminary, and another was happening um, at a different place in the country. But the basic idea of the forum is to um, bring together different people to exchange ideas around a particular topic or idea. And these um, topics or ideas are discussed through lectures. We have a a lectureship here called the Princeton Lectures on Youth, Church, and Culture. And uh, many, many people over the years have been invited to give these lectures, including theologians like uh, Miroslav Volf, Andrew Root, uh, Jürgen Moltmann, um, the artist Makoto Fujimura, um, the Christian ethicist Stanley Hauerwas, of course, Kenda Creasy-Dean, uh, and a number of others, um, in particular years, emerging um, scholars have really been our, our focus as Abigail and I have planned these events together. So um, kind of younger scholarships, or scholars rather, being um, raised up to, to give these lectures. And, uh, and then we also have electives that provide sort of a one-off um, opportunity over 50 minutes to dive into a topic uh, that addresses the larger theme of the forum. And then um, it, what we call extended seminars, which are more of a deep dive into one particular topic. So you stay with the same group um, over the, the course of the several days and um, just go deeper into one particular topic. And at the heart of what we're doing also is um, that we worship together every day. And that's a really important central piece of, of the work that we do, recognizing that um, that worship is, in fact, a way to bridge the Theological Academy and the practice of youth ministry. It's something that's central uh, to all of us. So we bring together leaders, ethicists, thoughtful practitioners, and we also really try to make space for the Holy Spirit to show up in the relationships that form when people come together over their shared love of young people and their love of God. Uh, and that takes place over meals, worship, and some intentional free space that we allow. And I love being a part of that a few times. Um, I want to talk in a moment about the worship, um, but sure. just to sort of cut in. So, because people are listening to you talk about that and they're sort of thinking, oh, it sounds like a youth work conference. Um, mm -hmm. My mm -hmm. my reaction really to it this year was as as I'm sort of carrying the program for our National Youth Ministry Weekend around in, our, in my head, we're thinking about, mm -hmm. you know, so what are we... How are we going to help young youth workers think about discipleship and evangelism and how we handle the Bible? And, uh, you know, how do you deal with behavioral difficulties and how do you get into school, which is obviously a thing you can't do in the States, uh, things right. like that. So those would be our sort of meat and drink topics. And that would be mm -hmm. what you would probably like 80 percent of the content that people are talking about in National Youth Ministry Weekend at the forum. 
almost none of that is present explicitly or it certainly isn't in mm -hmm. the titles of your electives and your and your mm -hmm. lectures and things so it all seems to be different stuff so i just wondered mm -hmm. I, are you aware of that distinctive and can you speak into it a bit I think, you know, so I have been um, delighted, of course, to to attend the National Youth Ministry Weekend a number of years. I'm so looking forward to uh, returning this year after two long pandemic years. Um, it does feel very different from the forum. For instance, I mean, a, a good example of this is this last year, we uh, we had a focus in our um, in our forum on um, the the experience of uh, neurodiverse individuals um, and the way in which young people and um, not so young people who uh, see the world and experience the world through um, different kind different neurotypes um, so people with ADHD perhaps people um, who who live uh, on the autism spectrum uh, and so forth um, kind of making that bringing that into a theological conversation with how the church then forms and practices youth ministry mindful of these different um, experiences uh, and how we can um, center the experience of those who are uh, who are neurodiverse or neurodivergent um, rather than the default that we tend to operate on which is um centering kind of neurotypical mm -hmm. uh youth ministry methods so I, I suppose that's one example of a topic that is one that has come up again and again in our research mm -hmm. um and our attachment to a theological seminary uh allows there to be this sort of ongoing um research heavy focus um so perhaps that's what you you're experiencing when you when you attend yeah i mean i love it i think you tend mm -hmm. to shine a light on something that we might touch on and you go way mm. deeper into it because of the academic side because of the research mm -hmm. side of of uh, who's there and who's who's actually presenting right uh, i guess right. you you go much deeper into specific and quite potentially quite not narrow in the sense of like you know exclusive but you know mm -hmm. focused uh, right. topics and subjects so i think they're really complementary events actually to each other but um, i think they are I, yeah I, I would recommend it to people who want to find out a bit more um but one of the things that you do about at the forum which has always really struck me is you do worship really differently to the way we do it and there is of mm -hmm. course you know let's be honest you know the mynw is is kind of coming out of a a uh, charismatic evangelical kind of approach, or certainly right. a, 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 the British version of the, I realize those words are much more loaded in the United States than they are, but certainly the British <laughs> sure. expression of that. Uh, mm -hmm. Whereas you guys are not coming out of that kind of wing of the church, right. you're in the, the mainline kind of, of the American church. Um, right. But your, your worship sessions are amazing and they're really creative. You seem to be incredibly you know, focused on that yourself personally. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, why do you think creativity in worship so so important like why do you put so much of your own energy into that right yeah well so i'm coming to realize um rather reluctantly actually that i might be an educator at heart <laughs> and uh reluctantly just because i i've always thought of myself first and foremost as a practitioner but i'm realizing that as um someone working with the platform like the institute for youth ministry has Everything that we do, every experience that we facilitate for youth workers and theologians has the opportunity to be deeply formative. And so when I began working at the IYM, 
I saw the worship experience in the forum and in other conferences that we've held as an opportunity for formation of youth leaders, youth workers um, themselves. And um, I realized, I mean, I, I learned myself that worship can be deeply formative when I was a student at Princeton Theological Seminary about 15 years ago. So when we plan worship, I think there's a real self-conscious realization of its formative power. And the creativity is part of that, um, recognizing that we, uh, we have particular kinds of limitations um, in what we can do in the seminary chapel. Uh, for instance, we it's a very, um, I mean, some may even call it some, like austere, but it's a very Presbyterian, honestly, very Presbyterian space. You have the pulpit in the middle. Um, you have uh, no ornate um, kind of stained glass or, or art uh, much around the, the walls. It's very Everything is painted white. <laughs> um, and there is a kind of central uh, focus on um, what is being the word um, being preached, being proclaimed in that center um, pulpit space. There's also a table for the Lord's Supper <clears throat> and other kinds of um, other kinds of elements of worship. And so the limitations actually provide um, a, a bit of a an opportunity to get creative uh, that don't involve screens. There is no, you know, there's no big screen happening um, or, or in any location in the chapel. Um, we, the lighting is uh, pretty standard. We have these big windows that bring in natural light. Um, so on a bright sunny day, it's bright, but even um, in other spaces, we don't dim the lights uh, surrounding, you know, where the um, the congregation is, is sitting. So that means we have the opportunity to kind of draw attention in uh, very nuanced and different sort of ways. And I try to think about what is the experience of the person sitting in the pew? How can I um, kind of guide them into this deeper experience with God um, through ways that might slightly throw them off balance a little bit? So people who come to the forum Many of them come from evangelical charismatic contexts um, where the central one of the central pieces of worship um, is the the music, the praise and worship, the experience of that. Um, and often it's more contemporary um, songs. Uh, there's, you know, a drum kit, a full band. Um, and so if they're coming from that context, I want them to get to experience that and to feel some sense of home in that. But we have limitations around what we can do there. Um, but we also have this giant, beautiful organ and three or four hymnals in our pews. So we also have, you know, the people who are coming from those kinds of traditions experience what it's like to sing, you know, a six stanza hymn, hymn uh, every once in a while. And then people who are accustomed to hymnals and sort of high church liturgy. I also want to bring them a little bit of um, different kinds of experiences and expressions of worship in more evangelical charismatic kind of contexts. And so I just want everyone who comes to kind of have that experience of being uh, a little thrown off balance um, so that they can ask themselves the questions that I know you have of like, what's going on here? <laughs> what are we doing? Um, you know, at its core, I think worship is, it's a space and time for intentional connection with God, whether that be by oneself or in community. And so I want to think of creative ways that we can engage and think through what that experience is. I'm, I'm also really fortunate 
um, I've been formed through worship in so many different traditions. And uh, in all of those different spaces, I think I've really benefited from learning how they engage God, what worship looks like for them. And I'm able to bring all of those experiences um, alongside the really creative team at Princeton Seminary. And uh, and so that's what I seek to do in that space. I love that. And I, there was just a little thing there just to um, mention again uh, mm -hmm. around um, constraints and creativity. So mm -hmm. there's something there. I mean, that's a great kind of um, uh guiding principle of innovation anyway that you know constraints actually help you counterintuitively constraining things helps you to actually be more creative because you have to right. battle with the limitations and what you're not allowed to do um mm -hmm. so it's interesting that you know being placed in potentially what could feel like oh is this quite a stale environment for people is this quite staged and traditional actually you then bounce off that in all sorts of interesting ways so i again right. you know i'm recommending a, an event that is only going to cost you thousands of pounds to attend uh, <laughs> to get across the if, you, if you're British <laughs> listening to this but it's great you know to, to hear your insights on that um so you're coming over to the MYMW um and we're going to be looking at this theme the theme is stronger we're looking at how we strengthen and deepen young people's faith just for you you know what do you think are some of the key elements of of, mm. of faith formation as you you think about it from your perspective your experience coming out of that uh the IYM context um, yeah. You know, what, what do you guys see as um, some of the key elements of faith formation that help young people to put down roots in Christian faith that last them for the long haul? Right. Well, you know, this is um, this is a question that is so complex right now. Uh, we are in all kinds of ways um, in a transformational moment in society and in the world. And um, I think I answer this question now in a way that I wouldn't have answered it uh, when I started at the IYM. And um, certainly when I began my own tenure in youth ministry back in 2001, I would have answered it quite differently then as well. Um, but so I'll just name that I, I think that um, faith formation for the long haul is, I love how you, you've put that language. Um, I think that for a hundred plus years, what we have been doing in the church with all good intention has been um, trying to provide a safe space where young people can receive moral instruction uh, that somehow relates to God um, who deeply cares about moral formation. And we've tried to do that in the context of youth group programming uh, at least in, in the U.S. context, bringing young people together, having them play games, having them eat some pizza, <laughs> and then teaching them a little bit of Jesus on top of that. And we now, by now, we've had enough research of actually studying this model of youth ministry to realize, well, that seemed like it was um, potentially formative for young people, but there's a the reality of the decline of um, participation from young people in um, in wider church uh, contexts and even in affiliation with the kind of Christian identity. Again, this is something that's happening in the United States context that has happened. Um, you guys have been wrestling with this and coming up with innovative and creative uh, ways to engage young people, but this is still relatively a new wave um, that's that's hitting the United States and the reality of that. So. I, I would say, I would answer this question by saying, 
that I think that if we're looking for um, faith formation in young people for the long haul, I think the most important element of that is recognizing their need for belonging in the Christian community. Um, our friends over at the Springtide Research Institute have done a lot of research around belonging itself and found um, really staggering statistics such as one in three young people feel completely alone much of the time, um, that they're experiencing epidemic levels of loneliness. Uh, nearly 40% um, of young people feel they have no one to talk to. They feel left out. And I believe that um, the theological conviction that God is a relationship, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that the centrality of um, relationship is part of what creates uh, that, that strong connection that young people can carry with them um, into the long haul of their lives uh, of what it means to, to be a Christian person. And I think that that is rooted in the Christian community being a place where they experience belonging. Um, so less, less didactic, less moral formation, and more um, in full, broad welcome and inclusion and hospitality and allowing them to understand themselves as you belong here, not because we are looking to you to save our church um, and to give us money to keep our lights on, but because you, in fact, are central to what God is doing in the world. You belong here. I think that that requires the consistent presence of safe and trusted adults who pour into young people and are committed over the long haul to um, forming these kinds of holy relationships with young people uh, and keeping track of them and with them as they grow and develop. Um, and then lastly, I would say that I think faith formation happens when young people have the opportunity to have lived embodied experiences where they can actually practice faith. Mm. Uh, Kenda's research around Christian practices have been something that um, have been really formative for me as a youth minister. Um, and recognizing that a practice is something that someone engages in and does, but it's also ongoing. Um, you don't you know, pop out of the womb being able to play the piano. But if you start learning your scales and you start um, practicing with uh, different hand placements and um, how to engage the pedals and so forth, it all takes practice mm -hmm. to be able to get uh, to the place where you're, um, you know, concerto level <laughs> um, excellence. And I think there's something of the kind of practice that helps to form young people over the long haul into. Um, lifelong faithful Christian disciples. There's so much we could have unpacked there. Maybe we will unpack some of that at National Youth Ministry Weekend. I, I'm actually doing a seminar on on this, and I think I've invited you via email to join me, but yes. I don't know whether you've said yes. So should we just have that conversation now? Are you gonna, should we have it live? Yeah, you're going <laughs> to come and do that with me? I mean, listen, any time I get to spend time with you, Martin, oh, is, uh, well is time I'm signing up for. <laughs> well answered. Great. So Megan and I are going to be talking about this. That's uh, right. National Youth Ministry Weekend, as of right now, we've decided that. You're, you're hearing it now. That's <laughs> amazing. We should do all our planning meetings, actually, mid-podcast. So but that's, yeah, that's just good. before we finish, just and on that note, um, there's an amazing book that's now 25 years old, I think, mm -hmm. uh, that was the first edition. Obviously, the original edition was Kenda Dean and mm -hmm. uh, Ron Foster. Um, right. And it's a book called The God-Bearing Life. And there's a new edition. Is that right? And you're involved. You've managed yes. to squeeze yourself in there. 
I in did. between those you know, two giants. I know. Again, I pinch myself on a regular basis saying, how, how did I land this? I'm God is good. And what is happening? <laughs> but yes, yeah, so uh, this book in um, my actual practice of youth ministry for um, the 15 years prior to to coming to um, work at the IYM was really influential in helping me think through, you know, what is the quote unquote curriculum um, that I need to be using to form lifelong faithful Christian disciples. And this book, The God-Bearing Life, um, posits that we already have a curriculum. We don't need anything new and fancy and, <laughs> and sexy and designed, you know, within an inch of its life, that there have been... Um, ancient Christian practices that have formed lifelong faithful Christian disciples since Jesus, since the time of Jesus. And this book dives into the specificity of what some of those are, recognizing the centrality of um, what it means to be a disciple of Christ. Uh, there is an argument to be made that um, Mary, the mother of Jesus, in saying yes, in assenting to uh, the calling that God had for her life, um, was in some ways the first Christian disciple, the first one to say yes to Jesus. Um, so this is uh, God-bearing, comes from the Greek word theotokos, which is how, particularly in the Orthodox tradition, um, Mary is referred to, the one who bore God into the world. Um, so the, the thesis of the book is that we too um, can be God bearers, can bear God, have a, have a responsibility and a vocational calling to bear God into the world. And our young people also are God bearers into, into the world. Um, so I've been teaching that book since uh, I got to the Institute for Youth Ministry in various certificate programs. And over that time, um, it has it still remains just in its current form, I think a total classic for every youth minister to get their hands on. Yes. Um, but of course, there are dated references that come from, uh, you know, 1998. And, um, and then also, our as our language has evolved, as we've learned uh, in community how to love one another better, there are also some places there um, within the original that uh, it's time to update. It's time to kind of have in conversation with some of the ways that we've uh, progressed, so to speak, as as a people, as a society. So I um, I went to Kenda with this harebrained idea, uh, and as it was, as I went to her saying, "Hey, how about we rewrite this book together and call Ron and see if he's cool with that?" Um, at the same time, the publishers at Upper Room. Uh, we're contacting Kenda saying, we would love a sequel <laughs> to The God-Bearing Life. And um, and Kenda said, you know, I don't know if that's going to happen, but first, I think we need to update this book. So yes, in the spring of 2023, there will be the revised version of this book um, in in bookstores everywhere. <laughs> and, um, and I also am really thrilled that I got to tack on... Um, a, an afterword where I kind of posit some potential things of exploration as we continue to think about um, what does discipleship look like in the 21st century. Uh, so I engage a little bit with conversations around social justice and the justice um, dimension of uh, young people's faith in this this time. Um, I talk a little bit about digital media and how we think through and engage um, in practices of discipleship that engage uh, digital media and so forth. So um, I also tell the funny story of how I met Kenda, uh, which I'm beginning to realize is maybe a pattern for me. Yeah, I just <laughs> I, maybe, I mean, have you got these with everybody? I, I offended someone you know, and had to win them back. 
A hundred percent. I love that. <laughs> Again, can't believe I have this job now, but <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> well, it's great talking to you, um, Megan. And uh, I, obviously, I highly recommend flying over to Disney University and getting to experience the forum firsthand. Uh, but if you can't do that, you can uh, you can actually hear Megan and it turns out me at the National Youth <laughs> Ministry weekend this November. Um, so uh, we, I look forward to seeing you there. I am looking forward to it too. And if I could just say, I would love for people to visit our website. Um, it is iym.ptsem.edu. For more information, you can sign up for our newsletter. And I'll just go ahead and say, if you are someone who is going to purchase a plane ticket or I don't know, boat fare and come all the way over for the forum on youth ministry. I personally want to hear from you. I want to connect with you. So please, please do feel free to send an email saying, I heard you on the Youthscape podcast and want to connect. Um, you can reach me at IYM at ptsem.edu. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Megan. Absolutely. Thanks. enjoyed this little season I, I think it's been a sweet little mini season hasn't it we've um we've covered lots of ground both in our own little twitterings on at the beginning but also in some fairly deep dive topics and i think we could promise more of that in a future season in fact we can't tell you but we have actually got a really exciting next season which will be landing in the spaces where you download your podcast in the new year so look out for that we're going to be taking some of these themes and going even deeper with some of them so thank you so much for your time thank you for being part of this community contact us at any point and of course we will see you where else but at the national youth ministry weekend the rhubarb crumble martin is on me rhubarb crumble yeah that story i told once about ordering rhubarb crumble at like midnight in the hotel when oh, i was in that good, yeah, yeah good callback yeah. Yeah, yeah good it's strong on, way to finish guys. the season yeah, well it's done beautiful beautiful see you there see you there Saunders and her, Rachel Gardner. You all right? <laughs> yes, I am her and I'm here. <laughs> Where should we start again? Let's start again.